Hello and welcome back to the Statcast. This week we are going to be talking about basketball and basketball only because we have had basketball two games every single day until today. It's been a ton of fun. We've had some of the best teams going up against each other. We've had some. We've already had an insane upset resulting in the first four seed to get to the conference finals since 1999 which kind of blows my mind. The Knicks, well, wasn't it? it must have sorry, been the, the lowest seed to get to the finals since 1999. It wasn't even a four seed back then. That was an eight seed. Yeah, it was the Knicks. But anyway, we're excited to talk about all that. We're going to be talking Celtics-Raptors, which did not seem to be an exciting series at the beginning, but it turned into one hell of a series, especially with a crazy game last night. We're going to be talking Rockets-Lakers, which has been a real chess match, and I don't think the Rockets are quite, but well, we'll, we'll get into it. Plus two more, plus the other two series, including the Heat versus the Bucks and the Clippers versus the Nuggets. Sam, do you have any opening thoughts, or do you want to get right back in, right into it? Uh, opening thoughts are that the Tony Brothers curse is a hundred percent a thing. I think every team believes they have a Tony Brothers curse and a Scott Foster curse. Hmm. Maybe they should look into that and fire them. I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod, but Tony West and Tony West, sorry, Tony. I'm getting myself confused because Tony Brothers and Scott Foster are the Joe West and uh, what's that guy's name? Angel. See, uh, Angel Hernandez. Yep. It's unfortunate how often it needs to be proven true, but regardless, it gets proven true constantly, one way or another. All right, so we're going to get back right into the basketball talk, but first. Milo Hamilton. Swinging, lining it to left. All right, and welcome back to the StatCast uh, with your hosts, Harrison Friedman and Sam Greenman, here to talk to you first about Celtics Raptors, which has been maybe everything it was supposed to be, maybe not everything it's supposed to be. If you're a Celtics fan, you got to be nervous. If you're a Raptors fan, I don't know how you're still breathing at this point. But Sam, why don't you get us started? Well, if you're a Raptors fan, calm down. You won a championship last year. Get over it. That's what Nick Nurse needs to do. He cannot stop being the, the entire Raptors team is full of giant babies. Kyle oh, Lowry, so? Kyle Lowry, and Nick Nurse are just absolute babies that beg and plead for fouls. And then Nick Nurse accidentally steps on the court and tries to spot up in the corner for Tatum to pass him, pass it to him. And you know nothing happens there. You know, and then you get Kemba fouled late, no call, end of the game. Gasol trucks Marcus Smart, no call. Once again, the, the Tony Brothers curse is real. I, like, I don't know how he got assigned to our series. Sometimes uh, you get lucky. Or unlucky. Yeah, we have had some crazy games in this series. Uh, Celtics have absolutely blown the Raptors off the floor in two of these games. The Raptors kind of led wire to wire, I think, in game four. But games two, three, and six, one Celtics win, two just mind-boggling Raptors wins have been probably the best games that we've even seen in the second round of the playoffs thus far. Not counting maybe if you want to count game four Bucks Heat. But Sam, why don't you start us off first with, it, you prefer this, either the Celtics win in game two or the Raptors win in game three. Are you asking me which game I like better? Which game would you want to talk about first? Which game do I want to talk about first? Uh, Wow, game two is so far in my 
back in my mind. So let's let, let's jog our memories about that. That Kemba go ahead. Uh, yeah, that was a jumper. Celtics. Yeah, okay. Now I remember it. That was this Kemba step back. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, you you'll notice that there was no controversial ref refereeing in that game, and we won. Okay. So you know, it's important to note to point these things out and uh, like uh, i just i don't want to come across as a whiny celtics fan you're a celtics fan why is a celtics fan complaining about the refs what because nick nurse literally after either game three or game four literally went and begged like man we're not getting enough calls when the foul differential i'm pretty sure was in the raptors favor yeah tatum did get 14 free throws in game two tatum i don't think tatum's even shown up to the arena once this series yeah game two is when he showed up that's when he scored 34 on 17 shots and hit all of his all 14 of his free throws. The issue is every game since, where Tatum has taken a definite seat back to Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker. And Marcus Smart, who's made the most threes out of anybody in the playoffs. Yeah, Marcus Smart, somehow the best player I mean, on I, the let's Celtics. See, everybody says somehow, but if you watch him, you'll, you'll quickly find that every shot he takes is either 100% a make or 100% a miss. If it's wide open, very, very not happening, not going Marcus in. Smart's misses are the only kind of misses you can tell their misses as soon as they leave his hand. Like on TV, it's kind of tough to see. The angle's all bad. But with Marcus Smart, you see you see a miss, and it, you just know it's wildly careening off center. Yeah, it's just... I, I, people hate Marcus Smart, and I love Marcus Smart because he's the most predictable player as a fan. You know when he's yeah. going to make the shots, and you know that he's going to play defense every possession. He's just really not getting any calls, like every Celtics. Like is that so? I, I don't know. Like uh, to be to be fair, both teams had about 112 chances to win the game after the two minute mark in the fourth quarter. Like the probably both teams combined to shoot like 30 percent from the field after two minutes left in the fourth. Like the basically the only points scored were free throws. Yeah, that's what has ended up happening. And obviously the Raptors had the advantage uh, in call it, in game six. But like games two, game three, Celtics had the advantage in free throw attempts at the very least. I don't know about fouls specifically, but it's it's been a relatively close series in that guard. Yeah, Norm Powell shooting nine free throws was a little surprising. It's not the that's kind of guy you expect. It was also surprising to see him isoing for 19 seconds and taking the last shot after a timeout in the first overtime. Like yeah, who, who's quite... I, who's whose idea was it? That's all right. We got Lowry. Eh, uh, you know what? No, that's no, no, no. Ananobi hit a game winner in game two. In game three, yeah. Uh, no, no. Sorry, Siakam. You know he's phew, MVP of this team for sure. Uh, no, no. Norman Powell, twenty minute per game player. Yeah, he's the guy you Norm want taking the Powell final shot. Dropped thirty eight minutes, twenty three points on eleven shots in thirty eight minutes. And that was fifth on the team in minutes because four players on the Raptors played over 50 minutes. Yeah, because they didn't foul out, which, you know, in a double overtime game, you should probably foul out if you play that many minutes. It was pretty interesting to see Gasol and Lowry both end up with five fouls and also also see Akum and Ananobi end up with four. Who was supposed to have uh, fouled uh, Walker at the end? What Ananobi? Ananobi? Would have been five on him. I don't know. What Would have been five on him? It doesn't matter. The game would have been over. Yeah, that's also true. So... Tatum though, Tatum was Tatum was had one of those. It's crazy looking at the box score because Jay because Jalen Brown scored thirty one. Jason Jalen Brown took a lot 29. of shots. Jalen Brown took a lot of but shots. Yeah, Jalen took thirty shots. Yeah, and Tatum took twenty one shots. Kemba Walker, who was kind of overruled by that masterful Nick Nurse 
uh, box in one, which took me back to, I think, like, eighth grade. All right, uh, hold on. Here's the thing. What kind of stupid idiot pulls out a box in one against a coach whose only coaching experience prior is in college? <laughs> Brad Stevens has been dissecting the box in one probably since he was in diapers. And yet somehow Kemba scores five points on 11 shots in the game. Yeah, exactly. Not, not great. Marcus Smart, meanwhile, had 23, 11, and 10 and on just 15 shots and made six three-pointers. So Marcus Smart was the only guy who was really, really showing up. Yeah, Lowry, or the Raptors just, game four, they just forgot how to play, de- or no, game five, they forgot how to play defense. Yeah. Or no, they, they forgot how to they play offense. offense. Yeah, tell me we about, we tell almost me held them about... to single digits in the first quarter. Tell me about the first quarter in game five. Yeah, they went, uh, uh, there was a point where they were two for 17, I think. That was crazy because that and was the... Siakam kicked Tatum in the face. Through game five, it seemed like the Raptors had sort of lucked into that game four. They pulled out game three by the skin of their teeth, which for the people who didn't yeah, watch Yeah, they lucked that into game, it. That was the, one of the most insane three-pointers I've ever seen. The Celtics have been beaten twice now on... On three, buzzer beaters. On, no, on buzzer beaters threes with 0.5 seconds left in the playoffs in the past three years. Which is bonkers. And you know, the Raptors have a history of uh, getting those kind of shots to fall in the second round of the playoffs. You better watch out because we're about to have game seven in the conference semis. With the Raptors oh God! In the oh no! Oh no! Yeah, too bad Kawhi's not there to bail him out. Yeah, but out maybe to, maybe Tony to... Brothers will stand on the rim and kick it. Maybe Nick Nurse will uh, catch and shoot. Yeah, Nick Nurse's spot. He, he's shown he's he's done it before. He's a threat. But what what real thoughts do you have on this series? Like, which team do you think is better? Which Celtics are 100 percent better? And I didn't think I would be saying that. Uh, before the series, I thought the Raptors were a better team. The Celtics, have, like, every game they've lost has been close and winnable. Every game the Raptors have lost has been a complete domination. Well, game two. Uh, game... Mm, uh, it was never that. It was never... It, no, it wasn't. But it was a run differential. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go point to run differential here. Celtics are up by 32 points in yeah. the course of the series. Yeah, exactly. Like, run differential. It's It's basketball. Also, the Celtics did have to close the Raptors out in uh, Game 2 because they had scored 32 in the fourth quarter to the Raptors 21. Yeah, well, yes, but once again, yeah, um, I guess. But, uh, like, man, N- Nick Nurse uh, just pisses me off. N- and Kyle Lowry also pisses me off. You know, I re- do you remember watching uh, the NBA All-Star game this year? Yeah. Do you remember who was on the floor for the quote-unquote? Yeah, that was Lowry. Like OT- what? That was Lowry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry and Chris yeah, Paul took, were just going yeah, just, toe-to-toe. Just, just going toe-to-toe, seeing who could take charges better. And Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul are the two people who have surprised everyone in, like, dragging their teams that don't seem to have any business being there to as far as it can go. Kyle Lowry, he sat for about three minutes and then came back in with, like, nine minutes left in the second quarter. Never sat again over the yeah, rest of the game. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that, that I think Siakam, Van Vliet, and Lowry all played, like, the last 40 minutes of the game or something. Siakam ended up with 54 minutes out of a possible 58. Lowry ended up with 53. Van Vliet ended up with 51. And Ananobi ended up with 50. Yeah, and those are the guys who were getting attacked on defense. So how they, how none of them got to six fouls is eyebrow-raising. Yeah. Interesting if you look at the shot distribution. Like, this is the kind of game where so many people are shooting, but not a lot of stuff is going in, except for some people getting randomly lucky. Like, you have Norm Powell 
who scores 23 and 11 shots. And you have Serge Ibaka scoring 13 while hitting three threes in a row. But then you have Siakam, who weirdly enough has a plus 12, even though he has 12 points on 19 shots and misses all of his three-pointers. He had a plus 12. So in the four minutes, he was a, the Raptors were minus nine with him on the, on the bench. Isn't that insane how hard Siakam had to play? Yeah. yeah, how hard he had to play and how hard he had to avoid fouls. Or not avoid fouls, but avoid getting them called. Siakam's pretty good. He had he also had two steals. Van Vliet had two steals and two blocks, which was not that bad. But again, Van Vliet went three of thirteen on his three point shooting. Nearly shot them out of the game all by himself. Yeah, I mean, like I I think Van Vliet's a, a good enough player where I don't mind him taking thirteen shots from beyond the arc if I'm a Raptors fan. Van Vliet scored twenty one points on twenty two shots. He went seven oh, for twenty two. That's not great. That's not. Yeah, great. it's not. A, but again, Jalen Brown. Had when had thirty one sixteen and sixteen, but again thirty shots missed nine three pointers. Tatum at least got, Tatum got to the line more than anyone else in the game. He shot one more free throw than Norrin Powell, but yeah. And yet, Celtics uh, their four their five main guys really all played a lot, because the last the minutes were sort of split uh, between three guys in the Raptors and Gasol had sixteen, Ibaka twenty one, Powell thirty eight. Well, for the Celtics, like that's sort of Brad Wanamaker. Uh, with a solid uh, ne- uh, plus two in 19 minutes, you have 51, 47, 52, 50, 51 for the Celtics. I'll tell you what, Mike Budenholzer would never let that happen. Mike Budenholzer would. In a double overtime game, Mike Budenholzer might let Giannis play 35 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> might let him. I don't know. It, it, it's it would have to be extreme circumstances. You know, Giannis has uh, had to play so long in so many games this year that he's sort of worn out by all this. And... Yeah, all the high intensity, too. Yeah, and like with the several month layoff, you think he's really ready to jump right back into it. Yeah, I mean, I think he doesn't have his legs. Serious, serious question. Nick Nurse or Brad Stevens? Who have you been more impressed by during this series? Brad Stevens. Did you see the way Nick Nurse got absolutely teabagged in game five, four? Did no, game, game five. five. Game five. Game five. When his offense was just when actually his offense, broken? Like, yeah, no, I tweeted out Raptors offense.exe has stopped working. Would you like to search for a solution? It, like, it got the one final, The final score is a misnote. It was 25-11 in the first quarter. And then Celtics decided to lay on the SmackDown again in the third quarter by scoring 37 to the Raptors' 24. Like, the Raptors' offense started working finally, so the Celtics decided no, to No, they didn't start working. We just, we just noticed that uh, we're going to win. We might as well just go for tons of points and not care how many points they score. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jalen Brown dropped 27. Kemba Walker. The Celtics didn't even have to score that much, but... Not even a single Raptor got to 20 points that game. It, it, Siakam, who was at plus 12 in game six, was a minus 25 in uh, game five. And on nine shots. That's the most insane part of all of this. Siakam shoots nine shots. Lowry has eight shots. The turnovers pile up. And yet, I don't know. I, I guess anything can happen when you just go, go from game to game. But it seems like... It seems like this. I don't know if it's the Celtics who are changing, and like no, it's the refereeing that's the changing. The Raptors who are changing. What is going on with this Raptors team? The Raptors team? Yeah, like they're getting more calls. <laughs> I don't know how many times I can say it. Okay, you 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 keep saying this, but what else is there? I don't know. They've got some weird defensive looks. Uh, Van Vliet's a streaky shooter. Like he's gonna miss some, and he's gonna make some. Powell is a question mark for me. I don't know whether or not he's always gonna be there. 
And Norm Powell, like, becoming a really relevant part of that offense is a little bit of a surprise to me. Siakam looked like a, like an absolute potato trying to post up every single time and just absolutely, yeah, he, like, he is trying to body Kawhi. his way in. And, yeah, and He's just... not Kawhi. He needs to, like, go to whatever camp Giannis did to get absolutely jacked beyond belief. But, I don't know, I think the Celtics might also need to do that. Brown and Tatum need to get the... They need to get to the rim more, I think. Well, yeah, no, they're 100% settling for jumpers. Yeah, and the Raptors are playing a weird zone variety, which is messing around with what the Celtics are trying to do. Yeah, well, like, it, it, well, that's all, it's, it's definitely discouraging the them from going inside because they know that uh, there's, like, going to be two guys, like, in, like, if, again, if you play the box on one, there's going to be two guys in there. Yeah. So they're kind of just trying to probe and, like, pass it around, like, you're taught to beat the zone, and then eventually you're just like, all right, well, this is an open 20-footer, I'll take it, and it's usually Tatum. Well, and even if you're hitting that shot 45% of the time, it's not that efficient. Exactly. All right. Well, speaking of efficiency and being troubled by uh, really annoying defense, do you want to switch to Rockets-Lakers? Oh, do you want to talk about James Harden? Yeah, so I've been watching these games very closely. I think I've watched almost every minute of all three games. And I got to say, I am not at all happy with what the Rockets are doing, but I'm also impressed as hell as what the Lakers are doing. So we get game one. Game one is... I kind of expected us to surprise a lot of people in game one, and we sort of did, because the Rockets showed that they weren't tired. The Lakers, we already knew, like, had issues with layoffs, as we saw uh, in the several bubble games. So they were off for a little bit after beating the Blazers relatively soundly in five games. The Rockets barely squeaked it out over the Thunder in a game that went down to the final second. But anyway, so game one, they win by a lot. It was Harden's defense that won it. Exactly. Yeah. Harden played tough. Harden had that insane block on Dort, which hopefully we'll be talking about forever when the Rockets win the title of the season. Right, right. But in game one, uh, Harden scored 36 points. He got to the foul line a bunch. The Lakers, LeBron James shot five free throws. Anthony Davis shot four free throws. And LeBron James was a minus 15. Dwight Howard was a minus eight. JaVale McGee somehow was a plus five, although I think a lot of that was getting a little lucky. So the Rockets basically played the Lakers' bigs off the floor. And finally, what we had been waiting for all year to happen was for the Lakers to go to a lineup with AD at the five. Like, yeah. I mean, how... It should have should have happened a lot sooner. Let's, uh, it should have happened game one of the regular season, but they seemed to make it work. And I guess they were fine not really doing it. And I pl- guess. Playoff Rondo showed up. Yeah, and playoff Rondo showed up. Exactly. So the last two games, the Rockets have had have just been struggling constantly just to get to the rim or do anything. The Lakers, what they've decided to do is trap Harden constantly, like early in a shot clock, late in the shot clock, and I think I'm going to talk about that late in the shot clock soon. And whenever Harden passes it to someone, the Lakers sell out to make sure they can't shoot the three. They almost they dare them to uh, drive. Once, once again, do. once again, that's the smart move. You run them off the three point line, so they have to. You just sprint out to the three-point line, contest the heck out of it. Hopefully, they take a step in, and you t- and if they take that two-point jumper that with nobody around them, then you've done your job. Well, the Rockets—that's the thing. The Rockets are still refusing to take those two-point jumpers. Well, Westbrook, Westbrook loves to take it. He loves he, lo- he loves that Westbrook. left. He loves that left elbow bank shot. Oh, it's God. it's incredible. I love to watch it. He I don't <sighs> think he I don't think if you give him a thousand shots, he won't miss a single one. Uh, I think I've seen him miss a lot of these. But anyway, so. Then game two happens, 
in game two, you have LeBron absolutely unlocked. You have AD absolutely unlocked. What the Rockets had been doing is trying to push AD. They had P.J. Tucker just pestering the hell out of him. They had P.J. Tucker just, like, make trying to force him into as many long as As, as good possible. of a, pe- a pest is as P.J. Tucker is, he's uh, he's got a little bit of a height disadvantage there on AD. Yeah, AD made 60% of his shots from two-point from two point land in that game. Well, now you're seeing the problem. The, the Rockets really don't have anybody to defend AD. Yeah, and P.J. Tucker, like, he can't always do that job. AD can just turn around, stare at the basket, and watch it go in as he pushes it over him. And so, in the meantime, the Lakers are, again, they're sort of giving the Rockets a taste of their own medicine in that they have swarming defense. They have this really interesting rotating defense, which you see. So, what they're basically doing is they, yes, it's first called, of all, they so it's know called that, synchronizing rotations. You, you, so one guy blows by somebody, then somebody's forced to help, and then there's a mad scramble to get the one guy that they keep passing around, and there's a mad scramble to get to close out on the guy that doesn't have anybody covering him and hope that they run themselves out of time. Yeah, exactly. And so one thing that's, you know what? We insulted Kyle Kuzma. I know we insulted Kyle Kuzma, but he actually has proven relatively adept. What he's really good at is that, is that, real, is that switch. He's really good at basically faking, contesting a three-pointer just enough to have the guy, like, instead of cash and shoot immediately, he just, like, takes a little hitch, maybe takes a dribble or something. But then he either covers the next guy or he drops back. Because the Rockets like having, they like, like they're, they're five out. They like have hard, having Harden go up on either the left or the right near the center, and they have guys on four sides. And obviously, obviously, Russell Westbrook is not going to be shooting threes, so they're leaving him alone, and that leaves them. Really? Because he like, just spotted up for a three and clanked it. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. I don't want Russell Westbrook <laughs> shooting another three pointer. Yeah, he was, two, he was two for four in one of those games, I think. I don't want to hear. He was one for seven in game two at a. And that's, he played... that's three more than he should be taking. He should be taking approximately four three-pointers a game. And I think he shot even more than And that I think all game. those three-pointers should be shot at the end of the quarter. Yeah. But anyway, so the Lakers are making it impossible to drive. And you know the, remember, you know what Steph does that I love, that everyone loves? Steph never stops moving. He's like a jitterbug on offense. He's going around screens, inside screens. They're setting pre-screens for him so they can make all those soccer assists that Draymond Green is so great at. And in the meantime, James Harden, he dribbles the ball up. Fine, sees that he has nothing, defense. passes it, and then yeah. stands in the same place and backs up. Yeah. So, so James Harden dribbles the ball. Maybe there's like uh, 18, 19 seconds on the shot clock when he brings the ball up. Then he keeps going. Maybe there's 15 seconds left on the shot clock, and he's got to the three-point line. Maybe he has LeBron on him. Maybe he has Rondo on him, whoever he's got. And then he's looking, looking. Oh, a guy switched on to him. Now he's got two people on him because they're not running picks. And the pick is almost even worse because then both of the guys are going to switch on to him. And when the guy either tries to roll or move to the side, first of all, he's getting double teamed. So he's got two, he's got four hands in his face. And secondly, someone's going to guard that guy. So now Harden has to pass out. Either he, he probably does not have the open guy in the corners because the Lakers are guarding the corners really well. Time is running out. He passes it to maybe Eric Gordon. There's 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Eric Gordon, maybe he tries to dribble in, maybe he tries to pass it to Russell Westbrook. Maybe they try to get an open corner three. But there's no time left, and James Harden has taken himself out of the picture. So the Rockets are just having tons. Yeah, he's put himself in the Nick Nurse spot-up area. Yeah, tons and tons of wasted possessions is what I'm seeing. And right now, What's Lakers the, are already up 11-4. The, the game is Houston specialty. Going on. It's kind of embarrassing. Look, Eric Gordon just shot a 29-footer. Uh, now then they're bringing Ben McLemore, who just hit a three. Yeah. But, like, jeez. If, if only that were Daniel House. Yeah, Daniel House, who... 
I don't know what he decided to do, but he apparently he brought a testing assistant into his room, which like that's, is that a way to meet a girl? Not, that's a hundred percent not what happened. I'm pretty sure he had like uh like a a crack pipe. That's what I heard. What? I think that's a lot less likely. A crack pipe. What do you mean? It's less likely than a COVID testing official getting a, coming into a his room. Crack pipe. I think you're getting a Barry McCockner accounts here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's. <laughs> of all the things, I think I don't think that would be in the top fifty of things that I that I would expect. But regardless, so the Lakers are pretty much feeding off of this Rockets' ability, uh, but they don't have a lot of guys. LeBron is just becoming his dominant self because of, like you mentioned, Rajon Rondo. Yeah, he's uh, he's turning into K- Kemba Walker. He's turning into playoff Rondo. That's what he's turning into. Yeah, I don't miss Rondo that much. No? You yeah. don't miss Rondo stepping up only when it matters, but, like, even that's relatively inconsistent? Yeah. Like, it's it, it wasn't fun to watch at all. He somehow seemed to have discovered a three-point shot at the worst possible time for the Rockets. He had that great swipe on Harden. Uh, in game two in the backcourt, which uh, helped neuter a Rockets run and played really good defense in that game. Game three obviously hit those back-breaking three three-pointers pretty much in a row to kind of keep the Rockets out of what had been a very close game up to that point, which was very winnable for the Rockets, even if it wasn't necessarily a game where they had performed that well. And he's kind of been the difference. Like, he literally was the difference in game in game three. And that's why the Rockets are down. Obviously, LeBron has been incredible. Obviously, LeBron is blocking everything. He's sort of like LeBron. He would be blocking shots if there were six ten guys on the floor. Of course, he's blocking shots if there's a bunch of six four and six five guys on the floor. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a. I think the Rockets ran into the wrong the wrong team here. They ran into the to- the tallest and most athletic team that can actually defend them. Interesting thing is is that the Rockets actually did well enough against the Lakers during the regular season. But what the Lakers did is they just played their big guys all the time. And so I don't know, like if there's like just some specific thing that's in really good teams where they decide, you know what? I don't really want to play my best offense right now, or I'm not really going to try my hardest in this sort of game. We'll see what they do. And, you know, we can go to whatever we want to. And we'll file it away for later when, you know, maybe we face them in the playoffs and they're not prepared for us. Yeah. But, like, the fact that even in game one, they decided they were still going to, you know, we'll try. We'll try JaVale McGee. We'll see if that works. And Dwight Howard has become completely irrelevant now. And I don't know if we're going to see any of JaVale McGee even in this game. Like, we'll see Marcus Morris, who's been pretty decent. Markeith. It's Markeith. Don't don't get them mixed up. Marcus is on the Clippers. Yeah. I feel like, especially in this bubble environment, they really could just switch – jerseys and play for the other team no it's easier to tell marcus is more of a walking bucket than markeith i don't know i don't know they've both been walking buckets so far in uh the playoffs so we'll see what we get but yeah maybe ben mclemore is what, where it's after the rockets right Just as little of russell westbrook as possible uh if that could happen i would love that maybe it's a little jeff green too but i feel like we're less likely to get that even though jeff green is straight up bad he was a minus. He was a minus twenty six in game two. It's a very. And very meanwhile, Harden was like Hart, Peter Tucker was like a plus fifteen, and he barely sat. <sighs> Man. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna get that Clippers rock uh, that Celtics Rockets final that we dreamed of. Honestly, depending on tomorrow, we might, the Celtics might not get out of the second round. But I don't think you want to think about that. 
No, I'm not excited for it. Yeah. Uh, game sevens are absolutely horrific for everyone involved. So, I don't know. Yeah, if, if you're a Raptors fan, I play Especially when there's three, like really there's three teams playing in a single game. What? There's three teams playing in that game. There's the Raptors. Oh, yeah, and there's the... two against one? What? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Eight on five? Well, basically. I hope there are a lot of butthurt Celtics fans like you and not a lot of uh, Raptors fans because... No, I hope there are Raptors fans listening to this and getting humbled because, you know, my voice is the law. Oh, is that so? No, no. I'm just very upset that not a lot of calls went our way. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll get them some other time. Like next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Good old pat on the back and, like, get them next time, slugger. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about... Uh... Let's, let's talk about what I think was mo- one of the more insane things, but also maybe kind of predictable things that happened uh, in these conference semis. Let's switch to Bucks Heat, which, wow. Yeah, Mike Budenholzer really needs to get out of that job. The fact that everything we were worried about, like literally everything we were worried about, Eric Bledsoe disappearing in the playoffs, Giannis not having a good jump shot, the Heat actually being one of the more put-together teams. Brooke Lopez playing the most minutes out of anybody. And yeah, having Mike the worst plus minus. Having a terrible way of running a, his team in the playoffs. Like, I don't know what comes over him. I, I feel like we should have realized these past couple of years. What, first of all, Russell Westbrook just ran over two guys, which was hilarious. Yeah. But in these last couple of years, Mike Budenholzer has lost uh, the first game of the playoffs both times. I don't know, I don't know what the deal is with it. This is like, he now realizes that there's this extra gear you're supposed to get into at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still, still not sure how the Celtics won that first game that they played yeah i don't think the only time they won the first had won of the first game of the series in the last two years with Budenholzer was in a series that they eventually lost to the world champion raptors yeah and even that was a raptors team which had just gone through one hell of a series where they had to escape on that where they won on that Kawhi buzzer beater yeah ren we're still talking about it i know well that's the kind of shot that goes down in history yeah well it doesn't go down it waits and then goes down yeah, it goes up and around and finally ends up going through. Yeah. That, man, it is a real shame that we haven't, that we didn't get, uh, I guess we wouldn't have gotten, I guess games three and six both would have been in Boston, so we don't even get the Toronto home crowd action. But, damn, it would have been nice to see. Also, hilariously, just, just bring up two series right now, but the Rockets and the Thunder won every single home game in their series, and now the Celtics and Raptors have lost every single home game in their series. It's the 2019 World Series all over again. Yeah. So, well, let's see. What have we had a series where the uh, World Series where the home team won every game? No. Well, wait. Yankees Astros uh, 2017. I mean, that was a DALCS though. That's ALCS, but yeah, that's a home team win every game, and now it's a home team losing. So it like, was, it was also the Bucks Celtics happened in 2018. Home team won every game. Let's talk. So, Bucks Heat. What are you? What were you most impressed by by the Heat in this series? Uh, their ability to capitalize on any time that the Bucks look disoriented out there. Oh, so for forty-eight minutes every game. Correct. They like the the Bucks looked like not a team. They they it looked like they it was the first time they played with each other. Yeah, it it was kind of embarrassing. I don't know. Like we talk about like the Raptors not having the offense in uh what was it uh game five at the beginning the bucks never it always seemed to be broken the heat just kind of decided to sell on stopping Giannis, which they really accomplished they had a ton of guys who they could go to and actually trust and meanwhile they just dared every buck shoot, uh player to shoot which 
Sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't, and it did not usually seem to work out well. The only game that the Bucks actually won was an OT game in which Giannis uh, got injured before OT even started. I hate and, that Budenholzer has that like thing like, see, he got injured. I probably shouldn't have played him that much. Buddy, it was a sprained ankle. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> let me Buddy. tell you. Booty, I don't know. <laughs> Listen here, wise guy. Budenholzer, you are out of the bubble right now. I'm sorry, but yeah, Giannis, fine. Giannis got hurt. Can you? Would it? Wouldn't it have been nice to like actually try to stay there, not have to go home, not be sent home, not actually have a chance to you know keep your superstar who seems far more likely to leave now? Listen, you lose in the finals, you've still got Giannis. Come on, you lose in the conference semifinals in what's basically what was it literal gentleman sweep? That's just embarrassing. Yeah, it was gentleman sweep. They won game four, I guess. Yeah, Budenholzer. It has, there's no guarantee he keeps his job. There is no guarantee that Giannis stays in Milwaukee. And the Heat with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero just bombing from far away, like, without – with complete ice in their veins. Like, like they were the ones who had been there before every single time and not the Bucks, who got to the conference finals last year and were the best team in basketball this year. That was a real eye-open. Obviously, yeah. The Heat beat the Bucks in most of their matchups. They, the, the Heat beat the Bucks in most of their matchups this regular season. So maybe it was to be expected. Adebayo seemed to hold his own. Jimmy Butler, obviously. Adebayo doesn't have that tough of an assignment shot. when he's what? on defense. Adebayo doesn't have that tough of an assignment. Yeah. Oh, is that is that true? Uh, it's play. It's Brook Lopez. Yeah. He's not and, mobile. Exactly. Like, oh wow, wow you can stop a guy from uh, going out to the three point line and like hoisting up uh, his yeah. big lumbering. Uh, uh, shot yeah he's fine yeah i don't know it it's kind of an embarrassing series also we talked about eric spolstra i like saying that eric spolstra is one of the most underrated coaches in the nba and the only reason people dislike him is because he or think he's not that great because he was a coach of a lebron team that didn't always win but he's done a terrific job of putting this together i'm like i heard zach lowe was talking about his podcast remember when this team had a son whiteside remember when this team had Dion waiters remember when they would have hey, Dion waiters is a go what Deion Waiters is a goat. Don't don't. Deion Waiters, uh, not that not that great. Gotta say, but somehow they've been able to escape every bad contract. Now they're stocked up with guys like Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, young guys who are tailor made for this current NBA. And Jimmy Butler is a terrific star. Is a terrific uh star for that team. Like he's not. Everyone likes to say what he's like a lunch pail guy or whatever it is, but. Butler really just does a really good job of not needing the ball every time down the court. If he shoots six or seven shots during the entire game, that's perfectly okay, and the team will survive because he plays good enough defense that it doesn't really matter, and he can hit the shots when it matters. That's a complete team. That's a team that is dangerous for either the Celtics or the Raptors. What do you think of a possible Celtics heat matchup if it were to happen? I actually think, based on this series, the Celtics would be the better team. Why is that? Oh, they their defense has come to life, and I think that our offense hasn't really worked that well in every game. And if we can get it together for even four games, then I I I would I'm just very interested to see Tatum and Butler go at it. Do you think it's going to be a long series? Yes, hundred percent. It's going to be a very very reminiscent of early two thousands Eastern Conference basketball. I am a little um I don't know I don't know if I respect the heat is their their ability to punish Kemba Walker necessarily because like Dragic Dragic obviously has like had some sort of a resurgence but I still don't think that like necessarily he's going to be able to beat uh, Kemba Walker down the court every time but at the same time 
I really don't know what the Celtics do about Bam. Uh, Tice can. I think Tice can at least jockey a little bit. You better Ty, hope Ty, he can. Tice is because... a big. He's not. He's a big guy. He surprised me with his defense in these playoffs. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't really had to face any. Well, he had to see. He had to defend Embiid. He did an okay job of that. Yeah, I think that. I think that's going to be a seven. If so, if if it's Celtics Heat seven game series. Celtics. Uh, what if it's, what if it's Raptors Heat? Who do you see? Um... I would say Heat Heat and six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, yes, there is something to be said about that, like veteran presence that you've really got all over on that team. But, but at the same like, time, that they've gotten as many breaks as they can, and they're still they still have to win a game seven. Yeah. So I think we. I think so. Who would you say uh, for Celtics Raptors game seven? Uh, what I'm do gonna, we got? I'm gonna parlay Pretty. it and say Raptors. So that. Oh yeah. The, so that uh, if reverse it, if, jinx. Yeah. Exactly. No. So if the Celtics win, I'm happy. But if the Raptors win, hey, I got my prediction right. Yeah, all right. I mean, or you could be doubly happy and uh, go and double or nothing and predict a Celtics win. But, but then how much of call. a bum hole would I look like if I predicted my own team to win and they lost? Yeah, that would be kind of... But seriously, who do you think is the better team? The, the Celtics are 100% the better team. Okay, all right. And now, do you want to talk about probably the most boring series? Yeah, it's really a very, been a very forgettable series, Nuggets Clippers. Only... The only real drama on that is Michael Porter Jr. deciding that, oh, you know what? I actually need a bunch more minutes. I need more touches. Can I see the ball more? Yeah, and, you know, he's actually good and deserves those touches. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You watch Michael Porter Jr. highlights. You think? Yeah, he can't play defense. The there, there's a good point. There's a point to be made that he really can't play defense. Yeah. The issue, but also with Porter, like, he's also not that terrific of a creator. Sometimes he, like, goes backwards with the ball. Or just makes a lot of mistakes. And so, I don't know. He has some really bad turnovers from time to time. And he plays a lot like a rookie. Like, you hear it, you hear it a lot. It's like, he can help the team, but he can also hurt the team. And right now, Malone is willing to let him play. Because, I mean, that's how you get the experience. Just by playing. He honestly but reminds me of, as, of Tatum as a rookie. He kind of reminds me of Carmelo. In that he can't really create. He can't really defend. No, but well, like, Melo, the only thing that Melo could do was, cre- was create. And I put that well, in air Mello quotes because Melo has a better score. Yeah, but he's also a big guy, which is one of the more impressive parts of it. Like he's really fluid for a guy his size. He can like get to the rim. He can spot up from three. He can create his own shot, which is sort of the, the those are the three things that you really need to be able to do right now in the NBA. Obviously, pretty much forever in the NBA. But Porter Jr. has a chance. He's trying harder on defense, and like the guy that size, as long as he tries, he's going to be playable. I don't think, like, his lateral movement is, like, so terrible that he was going to be played off the court. Like, I don't know, Obi Toppin might be eventually in, in a, little, a little bit of a similar mold. But the team is just not good enough for the Clippers because Kawhi has decided that he's the best player in the world again, and he's absolutely playing like it. Yeah, and Paul George is, like, tr- experimenting with turning into a player instead of a potato. Yeah. Playoff P might be real. I don't know mm, if it's real. I, mm. it, it's been a dominating series. The Nuggets won a game. The Nuggets had a chance in maybe one or two others, but like, it's for the most part. Very, it's been, very last year's Celtics Bucks. Yeah, it's I don't know Jamal Murray and Jokic. They've been all right, but they have not been, especially Murray. They've not, not been. been the they've not been how they were against the Jazz. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard has put the t- whole team has put down the clams on him. Patrick Beverly is a lot tougher than I don't know. Royce O'Neal is good. He's a good defender. I like him a lot, but like Bev, Beverly, 
uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. There's no one you can really switch onto that easily besides like I don't know, Lou Will. Shamit. I would say Shamit's the it's yeah. an easy switch. Shamit's shaky. Shamit can hit nice shots though. But I was, you know, what is something I'm a little surprised by. It does not seem like the Clippers have ever had like really good defense down low. So you would think that Jokic would be doing a lot better. I think the issue is that the Clippers have just so many good perimeter guys that, that Jokic defenders... can't even get the ball. Yeah, exactly. So like Jokic can make the be- great passes that he wants, but all the players on Denver really have to do is buckle down and I'm sorry, the players on the Clippers really have to do is buckle down and play good perimeter defense and just ask Jokic. They basically like say, "Hey, Jokic, you want to take the ball every time?" Yeah. The, wanna... So yeah, here's the here's the thing. I yeah. think the Nuggets would be in cl- would be very it would be a very good idea for the Nuggets to try to split time between him and Murray for who takes the ball up the court. That could be interesting. It gives, like, and you could even, like, maybe have one or both in the backcourt. You could see, like, you could have other, like, moving through screens or Jokic, I guess, being down in the post and just making it unpredictable. But it's almost, it, it feels like it's a little late for that. They're down, what, 3 1 in the series now? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe you could bring that up. Maybe you, like, even put the ball in MPJ's hands. And like, had I don't him. know. I feel like he's kind of a black hole on offense. Yeah, he doesn't pass. That's the issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the black hole. You what you could do is you could have like an MPJ and Jokic screen, uh, like like a high screen where you have uh you have MPJ bring the ball up and then Jokic set a pick and you have Murray running off of a set of a second screen like across court. Yeah, I, I'm I'm I sure know. they've tried it. It's just that it's like. You're not always going to get the switch you want on that. And and it depends the on the person. The switches are not. There's not really much to be gained from any of the switches. There aren't a lot of good mismatches. Yeah, yeah. This is the issue. So I don't know. It. We're not. I. I don't. Do you think the Nuggets take another game before the Clippers close them out, or you think they're done at this point? I. Th- I mean, I. I like. That's the thing. I think the Nuggets are 100 percent done, and they're not winning the series. I. Don't, I wouldn't put it past them to squeak one out and just like hit. A, just hit. Just hit all their shots. Yeah. Just win game five and. All right. So predictions. Do you think the Rockets are able to even force seven games in this series? No, I think six is the most that this series goes. So you think they win one game? No, I say it's the most it can go. I don't. I don't. They might not win that. Would you say game. it's over in five or six? Uh, if I had to put money on it, I would say five. All right, I think you're right. Um, I would say I want to say six because I'm a Rockets fan and I think they can win at least one more. But like this Lakers team is just too active. The Rockets really need Daniel House because. They just need more creators. They need more wing players, first of all, because there are just too many fouls. Uh, there aren't enough fouls to go around with AD and LeBron drawing so many uh, by themselves. So, I don't know. Jeff Green, it seems, is stepping up today. Maybe he'll step up for the whole game. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. But we have a good. you get a good game overall from Rockets bench players, and like you don't actually have the Lakers bench players out there, the Rockets bench players, which is kind of embarrassing because the Lakers – have one of the least touted benches in the NBA, as much as it might be the meme team. Yeah, know. but that's the thing. I feel like the meme team is working so well because of Rondo, because of playoff Rondo. Yeah, I guess. I guess the second unit Rondo kind of just makes it makes it happen. Personally, I I'm gonna pick the Celtics to win tomorrow night. I think I have the Clippers closing it out, and I have the Rockets losing tonight. And I have the Rockets losing in five. I don't like to I don't like to say it, but we're going to have an incredible Lakers clip series that if that series does not go seven, I think 
I don't think I honestly don't think it's actually would be as good a series as you think. Why is that? Clippers haven't really. I honestly don't think the Clippers have looked outstanding. They I was almost they, gonna say. I thought you were thinking. I thought you were gonna say the Clippers are too good. Oh no, no. The no? Lakers look like very. They look like the Lightning right now. They not much is going to get in their way. I don't know. I don't know. I really like uh, this Clippers team. I think they're the only team that can really turn it on, and so. Jeff Green is now writhing in pain, which seems like yeah, that was a, a weird, thing. weird development. Ooh, that was a bad Rondo elbow. But regardless, I I think that the Clippers are the better team. If when that happens, I think I'm gonna say Clippers in six. Actually, I know LeBron and Co are obviously if it's Clippers, great. It, when it, when when it when it is Clippers Lakers, I would say Lakers in five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad we're gonna have some differing takes on that. I'm intrigued to see what happens then. Maybe the Rockets surprise us. Maybe the Nuggets really, really surprise us. But yeah, I think we both are expecting the same thing, even if uh, that isn't going to end up with the same result. Yeah, we might get a Heat-Lakers finals nine years too late. That would be honestly incredible. I am absolutely here for that if that happens. Or Celtics-Lakers, the Redux. Uh, I would, it's, it's honestly like facing the Yankees in the playoffs. It's like just so stressful because you know that when you lose you're gonna get absolutely thrown in a body bag personally i'm predicting celtic clippers but i thanks. know that thank thanks but, for the jinx thanks for the jinx i don't know maybe i'm jinxing the clippers the clippers ugh, the issue with the clippers is I, they still have not become likable to me <laughs> like that warriors team come on even as much as like i'm a yeah, it was 100 it was 100 well it was it wasn't likable it was just laughable what like watching them play the warriors yeah they were so fun yeah, yeah I, I, I would uh, actually I would agree that fun was the word to describe them. Yeah, Steph Curry is someone who you always want to root for. He's like a little guy who's just running all over the court and hitting shots that don't make any sense whatsoever. And in the mean, in the meantime, you got the Clippers. You're like, yeah, Kawhi, great, such an exciting superstar. He's good at everything, bad at nothing. I'm a fun guy. Every, that block he had, we had to talk about that block that he did with yeah. his literal middle finger. Yeah. I'm surprised, more, I'm surprised more jokes weren't made about it. Yeah, me too. But that was incredible. Kawhi, is, like I said, I think he's the best player remaining in these playoffs. That includes uh, my beloved James Harden. Includes both players on the Lakers. And so Giannis was the only guy who I thought might hold a candle to that. But, like, interesting his performance against the Heat. I don't even know about that. He might be another Harden guy who kind of fades away a little bit in the playoffs because his stuff doesn't work the same, even though it's for very different reasons. Yeah, especially when he, when he runs into the wrong team. But I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe the Rockets pull off something incredible, although I think that's looking less and less likely by the minute. <laughs> um, Based on the fact that the game is close, yes. Yes. The, it, the, for the Rockets to win this game, I think we needed to be up by 10 in the fir- uh, by the end of the first quarter. And since that's not the case, we're in real trouble. So we'll see what happens. It was, that's very similar to how, like, I remember, like, the war, the uh, good old playoff Warriors is like, all right, when the third quarter starts, you need to be up at least twenty for you to have a chance. Exactly, because like the third quarter avalanche happens. You know, you know what the Clippers game three reminded me of? Ever... Warriors Rockets game, like that one game where they like outscored them twenty points in the third quarter. It just reminds me of every Warriors game that I ever watched. <laughs> it like the Nuggets were really doing their best. They were beating them. They were ahead of them even but then the clippers like seem to decide to turn it on i don't know when they decide i don't know how they decide it's just something that happens and regardless the, the clippers just dominate them and they're absolutely unstoppable on defense like you if you watch the denver offense it could do nothing it was 
it was just at a complete standstill. The Lakers, the Clippers are almost pushing them backwards at that point. And in the meantime, the Clippers are just dominating entirely on offense. That's why I think they're a better team than the Lakers. I don't know if the Lakers can quite pull that off. Obviously, like maybe like Dwight Howard as irrelevant as he is in this series to actually relevant against the Clippers. Who knows? It well, remains to be seen. Yeah. I don't know how likely that even is. But I think it's going to be a fun series, and I'm going to have Clippers in six. But obviously, we'll be here to talk about it. 100%. Yeah. All right. I think that's all for today. Any closing thoughts? Um, It's going to be one heck of a pod when the Celtics lose. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think you're very grateful that we're not recording, like, late Friday night or Saturday night. But uh, Depending on how the game goes, maybe we should. We could, like, just, like, stream you live on Twitch or something like yeah, that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Just emergency. But we'll see what happens. All right. Hopefully the game, the basketball game is good tonight. Hopefully it ends with a Rockets win, as unlike as that probably is. But I think next week we'll be back. We talk about baseball. We talk about basketball. The NFL is starting tonight. Yeah, and probably I think fifteen minutes approximately. After that, yeah. So that's kind of crazy. I cannot imagine seeing Patrick Mahomes on a football field again. But here we are. Yeah. It feels like the NFL has done things exactly as they wanted to. Maybe like a week or two late for the start of the season, but like. Yeah, pandemic proof. That's the NFL. We'll point. see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's still gonna be baseball and basketball primarily. I don't know. Maybe we get some NFL in there. And Unfo- we Hockey. might get some college football in there. Hockey. I'm we, intrigued we... to see how this season goes. Yeah. But oh, it's the Longhorns here. It's the Longhorns here. Sure. Sure. Definitely don't say that every year. And uh, it's definitely not Michigan's year, considering uh, they won't have a year. <laughs> Maybe it was Michigan's year, but like. I don't know. Root for the Rockets. We have like your ex receiver, Tariq Black, who is also a former. Sorry, root for the Longhorns. Longhorns have Tariq Black. Rockets also had a guy named Tariq Black. Except yeah, I was about to say. Not football. Yeah, there's an ex Michigan wide receiver transferred to the Longhorns this year named Tariq Black. Root for us. Yeah, it's a blast. Yeah. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk to you next week. And until then, let's hope the Celtics and Rockets do things right as worried as we are about them. Absolutely. All right. See you guys.